Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> in so long <laughs> i'm just gonna start it right there so everyone knows what they're getting into yeah. i have i have so many pictures of me weeping yep i've they're... seen this movie oh i guess i should say hi hello <laughs> we're talking about train to busan <laughs> <laughs> um i've seen this movie before yeah but i had forgotten the, the saddest part mm-hmm. which is the very end mm-hmm so i was I like wept. yeah so i was sitting there like yeah it's kind of sad i had like a little little tear and then that part popped up and I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just weeping. I was sending pictures to everybody. I was like, look at me. Look at me. I was like, I'm a mess. Look at me. <laughs> look at me. Like, I could not stop crying. And yeah. people were like, you like movies like this? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I prefer a good sad. See, I'm like, I love this movie despite how many emotions it made me right. feel. <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah. Train to Busan. It's a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. No vampires in sight. And I knew that right away. Uh-huh. Clocked uh-huh. that. Um, this movie was made in 2016. Are mm. you ready for facts before I... Oh, yeah. Okay, absolutely. good. It was made in 2016. I'm going to do my best with these names. Um, yeah. They are... This movie is South Korean, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think most of the people who work on it are also South Korean yes. and make movies in South Korea. And I'm going to do my best. <laughs> um, so it was directed by Yeon Sang-ho. Okay. Uh, he also did King of Pigs, The Fake, and um, the animated prequel to this called yeah. Seoul. Is it mm-hmm. Seoul, South Korea? Or I think Seoul? it's like Seoul Station. Okay, well, it is Seoul Station. I just oh, meant yeah, how yeah. you say. I think it's pronounced Seoul. I thought it was Seoul. I just want to make sure. And then the live-action sequel, Peninsula. Yeah. So I've not seen either of those. Nor but I. apparently, they're, I mean, I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. I didn't really do a ton of research into it because I kind of want to watch them. I think so, from what I read, I didn't read like the reception of them yeah but soul station is more um overtly political oh, okay where it's it seems like it is like about police incompetence Ooh. and or violence in addition to and right. then peninsula uh i think did pretty well but it's okay. also like a standalone sequel mm-hmm. where it yeah. builds on the universe but you don't have to have seen the first oh movie. that's cool yeah. okay sick well that's neat um it was also written by park juj sook Okay. Um, the only other movie I could find was, this is the name, Huayi. Okay. It's H-W-A-Y-I. Okay. Huayi is what I thought, and it's called A Monster Boy. Oh, okay. I looked up the premise to this movie because I was like, I'm just curious. And the first thing described is a boy with seven fathers. And I oh. was like, I'm in. Like, I don't know. It was like a boy with seven fathers, and they're like, I guess, part of some kind of crime ring, and then he gets sucked into it. And I was like... I would watch this. Yeah. I don't know where the seven fathers are coming from, but I'm in. It was a real Mamma Mia with murder type situation. Like, <laughs> I'm going to trust you on that. I've never, I've never seen, seen Mamma Mia. Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I just know there's a lot of dads. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, cinematography was Lee Hyung Diok. Okay. Hope I'm again saying this right. Uh, did Shadows in the Palace, Peninsula, uh, Steel Rain, and The Housemaid. Hmm. The Housemaid was the one that. Like, when I looked him up, uh, it was, like, the most well-known. People were like, oh, the housemaid. Hmm. So, not seen any of these, but they look good. I looked into, like, a lot of them. They seem cool. Uh, music was uh, Jang Young-gyu. 
Okay. Uh, he did My Punch, My Punch Drunk Boxer, huh. <laughs> Man of Men, Everglow, Psychokinesis, which was actually the same director. It was like a superhero movie. Oh. Um, so same director. Apparently, this person has done a shit ton of music for movies. Like, I was going down the list and I was like, oh, there are a lot here. So if you want to look up some good music, apparently, mm. um, people seem to really, like, when I looked up stuff about this person, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, this person's great. So, good music. Nice, The music yeah. in this was very subtle. Yeah, I paid attention to it a lot because we talked about this previously where I was like, I don't like major chords. Mm-hmm. Um, David might have played them and they please the Lord, but they don't Not please me. me. They don't please me. <laughs> they don't please me. Uh, <laughs> but to me, this wasn't, it was, I think, The Omen, where it's yes, like it was the, the um, buildup of classical music. Yeah. I fucking hate that shit. I, was I like, loved yes. in this. I was this like, great. it has music that I generally don't like. And it also used slow-mo. And those are two things that I, I know, get, like, but it was itchy good. about. It was great. <sighs> so the music's great. I, so this, this I, I think he, I, I think that's what I read, um, is great. I mean, it seems like he just does tons and tons of movies, also in a band, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't get a ton of information on. But looks great. Looks fun. The music was actually super great. Um, the budget mm-hmm. was $8.5 Okay. Which seems about right for, like, a zombie film, I'd say. I mean. Yeah. It's Pretty well done, too. Yeah. Um, do you want to know how much it made? I believe this was worldwide. Okay. I, it, I couldn't find for sure, but I'm, I'm almost positive um, that this is a worldwide release. The articles I read it called it like a blockbuster. So I know it was very successful. I'm going to say 50 million. Ooh. 98.5 million. Okay, well, <laughs> not that far off. You're like a little more than I, halfway there. Okay. <laughs> your accurate assessment of my guess. <laughs> so yeah, yes, it did very, 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 very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which makes sense. I mean, it's really good. It's really fucking um, good. Yeah, and I, I have a few facts just about, like, uh, the zombies and how they shot the um, moving scenery outside the train. Ooh. So the movements of the zombies were not necessarily based on these things, but, like, they were referenced. So these things are stuff that, like, they referenced to get the zombie movements correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a video game called Seven Days to Die. Oh. Which I've never played, never no. heard of, but I'm going to look it up. Um, and the dolls in Ghost in the Shell. Oh. And the nurses in Silent Hill. That one I knew right away. I oh. was like, yep, okay. <laughs> I've never... Have you never seen those? No. Well, we can find a clip for sure of that one. Okay. I don't know about the other ones. I'm sure we could. Yeah. But for sure you can find the nurses. If you look them up, they're terrifying. Okay. The way they move, very similar to these zombies. So I was like, that one I get. Yeah. That one makes sense. Uh, and so, uh, the, oh, also the deer in the beginning is mm. created using actual videos of deer and then 3D modeling mixed together to create, it's like scary zombie movements. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Those are called water deer. <laughs> I don't, I just wrote deer, but I was like, I should say these are water deer. It just oh. said, it said like the water deer was used and I'm like, what's a water deer? But that. it was very cute. Super cute deer. Even when deer. it was like a zombie, I was like, still cute. Still pretty cute. Um, and then the scenery that is seen outside of the train mm-hmm. was shot with an LED plate rear screen technique uh-huh. that's behind the set by focusing on the characters. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be similar to when we did Love Witch. Yeah. And it's that rear projection uh-huh. type thing. I think it's similar to that. Okay. So it's like being projected from behind, I think. Uh-huh. And then they just focus on the characters so that it's like blurry sort of in the background or at least not in focus yeah so yeah awesome I, I thought that was so cool because yeah. I, I didn't even think about that I didn't even think about the scenery outside of 
the train when they're moving. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I guess you can see it. But you're focused on the characters, so. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh, I just like this movie so much. I can't oh, wait to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and summing it up, listen, keep it short and sweet. A train ride goes so badly. Goes so bad. A mm-hmm. train ride is just the worst. It's the worst train ride I think I've ever maybe seen in a movie. Possibly, yes. Right? Like, yeah. I can't think of a worse, more sad train ride. Yeah, well, I feel like it's right up there with the train ride they would have had in Cloverfield had there been a train. Had there been a train? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. If they had a train. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because they didn't, this one's still number one. The yeah. saddest train ride. The saddest I, train ride. I kept describing this movie as like heartbreak, but just with zombies. Like, yeah. it's like every time something happened, I was like, come on again? Again, you're going to hurt me? Yeah. I still love it. Obviously, you know I love sad movies. What's the real summary? Really close to yours. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love when that accidentally yeah. happened. A man, his estranged daughter, and other passengers become trapped on a speeding train during a zombie outbreak in South Korea. Cool. They keep yep. it simple. They tell you what's up. Yep. It's nothing uh, extra there. I feel like the star of this movie isn't even the zombie apocalypse. It's truly the heartbreak in the yeah. relationships of the people on the train. But. Oh, yeah. When I talk about the antagonist, <sighs> I talk about the zombies as like set pieces right. more than the antagonist, oh, which is the COO. We all know who the real villain of this movie is. Fucker. Do you know who it is? Because we all know who the real villain is. It's that businessman. The COO of the Stallion Express. That's his. That's what he is? Yep. I hate him. I'm doing a silent in- scream. Yeah, I see that. I see that. <laughs> he was... <sighs> yeah i've oh. never hated someone in a movie like i hated him everything he did i was like i'm gonna murder that man uh-huh even when he dies it's not good enough it's, it's not, not good, good enough, enough because he led so many other people like literally countless people and then kills it we'll get because, to it yeah, it's just like i'm furious we'll get to it <laughs> in a good way as in like this man is a very great character like to hate like mm-hmm. i'm like hot damn um, a good villain when you hate them that much yes like whoo throughout the whole thing holy shit uh oh so he's a ceo of the company that's of the train company? Is not, that? I don't think it's that train, but a train. Okay. I just wonder, because he talks to the conductor like he owns this place. He was just like, we're going to stop at this place. And I'm like, why the fuck does he have any say? Yeah, I'm not totally sure because the train they were on was the KTX. Okay. And I don't, or KXT. It mm-hmm. had those letters in some combination. Right. Um, and he is for the Stallion Express. I don't know how the companies work. Like, I don't right. know if it's like Stallion Express has like multiple different yeah. railways. I don't know if the letters on the train were the type of right. train this is me not knowing anything about trains. yeah i just didn't know i was just curious if that's why he talks to them like that i was like why yeah. does he think he can just but i guess if he's yeah there's perhaps a chance okay okay i'm ready i'm nervous because i don't know what you're gonna talk about is it gonna break my heart no oh okay it's gonna make you really mad at first Ugh. okay i'm ready do you have any guesses I no, okay. I never do. Usually I can at least think of something. For yeah. this one, I was like, if it's not about just absolute devastating sadness in horror movies, I don't know. Okay, let's get into what it. What is <laughs> So I went in circles on this one. Uh-huh. Obviously, I love this movie. Uh, I saw it for the first time back in like 2017 or so, mm-hmm. and I wept. And usually oh, that means I will never watch a movie again. Right. But I, I think I was the one that was like, oh, I love this movie. Like, and I was like, you do? Yeah. <laughs> uh... I loved it. I was angry. It made me sad. And then after I finished watching it, I promptly watched Shaun of the Dead because I was like, I need a palate cleanser. Incredible. 
this time around, I just kind of stewed on it for the rest of the day. I was going to do like a double feature that day and watch another movie in case we had to double up on episodes. Right. But I just, I sat and I thought about Train to Busan. So (sighs) it was basically like this embarrassment of riches in terms of what to cover because there is so much going on in this movie. It's also a long ass movie. It's over two hours. Which is so funny because when we did um, The Wailing, Mm -hmm. I was very aware of how long it was. Not because it's a bad movie. It's incredible. But just there's a lot that happens. Yeah. With this one, I was like, it's over? Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I have notes. I was like, how does it keep the pacing up for being over two hours? How? I truly was like, there's no way. But dang, it's good. Yeah. So I was thinking through a lot of different Mm -hmm. avenues. And then I realized this is our first like real zombie movie episode. So I'm sorry. I'm not counting the deadites in The Evil Dead or The Conversationalist in Pontypool. Yeah, sorry. This is the like first classic Well, don't forget 30 Days a Night. Oh, Those well, zombies. yeah, the vampire zombies, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got you. How so, could I forget? How could you forget? It's really inconsiderate of me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of my favorite zombie movie, so I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry that you think that. <laughs> I, knew it. I was like, she's not going to bother I know they're vampires. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, I figured that we could start with the history of zombies in film. Oh, and love that. And see, like, over the past century in American zombie cinema, what social anxieties and tensions have we used zombies to explore or present? And then we're going to look closer at the context of Train to Busan in South Korean cinema. Okay. This summary is going to be a very general overview mm-hmm. because I want to save the details of certain portions for other movies. Yeah. Namely, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And I want to reassure you there will be a more detailed history of the actual origins of zombies with special attention paid to the Haitian Rebellion of 1804. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, that is an episode on its own. Yep. <laughs> and I don't want to, like, do a disservice Even to I it. I knew that. Like, yeah. parts of that. I feel so smart. <laughs> yeah. So I will have probably in The Night of the Living Dead right. episode, I'm actually going to do a deeper dive into, like, Haitian folklore in terms of, like, the way it was appropriated and yep. appropriated by Americans. Oh, mm, my. Go figure. Uh, so our first U.S. zombie movie, mm-hmm. or just first zombie movie, uh, was White Zombie in 1932. Oh, yeah. Okay. But the zombie actually dates back to before the 1800s. It's hard to get, like, an exact date on this Mm -hmm. because it was part of folklore, and it was part of folklore, like, during the slave trade, and so it's kind of, I couldn't get an exact date, and I'm going to have to do more research, basically. I'm going to do more research on it. Right. But the article I read said that it was after the Haitian Revolution in 1804 that the zombie became a fixture in Haitian folklore, Mm -hmm. like, known to be in that. They were not walking corpses hungry for the brains of comrades, but they were the reanimated corpses of enslaved folks who were brought back by voodoo priests to be enslaved again and continue working in the afterlife Oof. in their half-dead state. Goodness. So scholars tie this to the lasting fear of returning to a system of slavery in mm-hmm. Haiti. And it basically, like, there was nothing worse than, like, being a slave in the afterlife, too. Yeah. Where it's like you don't even get to rest. Instead, Oy. someone brings you back against your will and forces you to continue no. laboring. So, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and then, how did folklore from Haiti that tapped into very real fears of a new type of enslavement become a zombie film? Yeah. Well, yeah. the U.S. occupied Haiti in 1915 <laughs> and sent Catholic missionaries to target voodoo. Uh, that is an oversimplification, but that's basically what happened. And an American named William Seabrook was in Haiti, and he saw laborers at a Haitian-American sugar company and was also told about zombie folklore. 
And he, being very ignorant, specifically of the long run of zombies in his... Nope. He, being very ignorant of the long history of zombies in Haitian folklore and also just fucking ignorant, uh, wrote a very sensationalized account and then published a book with his thoughts called The Magic Island. Get out with your book. I don't want it. That was in 1929. No. In 1932, Mm. the first zombie film was released. It was just a year after Dracula and Frankenstein were released, so it was like the prime time for a monster film. Right. This film, White Zombie, was based on Seabrook's writings on zombies in Haiti. And the movie was simply racist fear-mongering. It featured a white couple. Uh, The white woman is targeted by a Haitian voodoo priest. But don't worry, the white couple is victorious, and they kill the voodoo priest. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it's very much like this white couple goes to Haiti, and she is seen by this uh, native other, like, in the terms of the movie. Right, yeah. And it's really fucked up, obviously. Oh, God. Yeah. So I mentioned it came out right after Dracula and Frankenstein. Yeah. It also coincided with the last years of the occupation of Haiti by the United States. Hmm. So in this film, the folklore of Haiti was manipulated to demonize the nation that we saw as a threat. Yeah. This kicked off a slew of zombie films in that vein. Until the 1940s, those films were mostly refle- reflecting the same anxieties. So those around free black folks and non-Christian religions, specifically voodoo. Yeah. But again, these were still just like a zombie as a single reanimated corpse done through voodoo. It's not like this massive shambling horde. Right. But then in 1940, our attention was pulled to other anxieties, namely World War II. In the early 40s, the zombie films built upon the U.S. version of the folklore and also added spies and international intrigue, and in some cases, Nazis, to reflect the mounting tensions among countries. Oh, no. (laughs) But then in 1945, that shifted again when the U.S. dropped the atomic bombs. The U.S. is just the star of this, huh? Number one. (laughs) Number one. Yeah. We're always number one. Yep. And then uh, nuclear radiation started to factor Uh into our fears of zombies. And notably, until this point, again, zombies made by individuals. After we started seeing the effects of nuclear warfare, we started making films where radiation was used to create zombies instead of voodoo. Or instead of specifically solely voodoo. In the 1950s, we see the anxiety of the space race and the Red Scare working its way into zombie films. Uh, we were afraid of the final frontier being claimed by the Russians, and we were afraid of space itself. So zombie films featured aliens as reanimators. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we jump to the 1960s, we mm-hmm. have the civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, and counterculture. From that bubbling pot of tension, yep. <laughs> uh, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. He never actually calls them zombies in the first film. Oh, interesting. They're called ghouls. Ghouls? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just go with it, you know? Just go with it. Uh, regardless, Romero created the template for modern, modern zombies in popular culture. Without calling them that in the first movie, he created what a zombie was for American cinema. So there is so much to cover when it yeah. comes to Night of the Living Dead. And I'm going to save all of it for when we eventually cover that film. Yeah, because we will. Yeah. For the time being, let's just say you can read a ton of awesome cultural critique around the film and the sequel. And I'll also note that Romero zombies are the first to form hordes. Really? Previously, I mean, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Previously, there may have been, like, gatherings of zombies, but nothing as dramatic as a horde. Like a, little, in, a luncheon? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a little parliament of zombies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like owls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like owls. Got birds on the brain, you know? Uh, and in Romero's film, those hordes heralded or symbolized a coming apocalypse. 
this is a far cry from the lone zombie in the white zombie. Yeah. And the intention behind and like the fear that stoked these films are very different. This was around the time, or like around this time, everyone saw what Romero did and was like, oh, there's money to be made here. Yeah. So then there was like this slew of low budget, low quality zombie films. Nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Romero's sequel, Dawn of the Dead, further solidified the archetype of a zombie for American film. And while Night of the Living Dead came out of the civil rights era, Dawn of the Dead came out in the late 70s and pointed out mindless consumerism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the 1980s, We've talked about it a lot. We love the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> the sources of fear changed again. Yeah. This time the anxiety was fed by Ebola, SARS, oh, yeah. AIDS, and the avian flu. So spreading contagion became the focal point of zombie films. Yeah. This expands the genre again. And we saw video games like Resident Evil and Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, as well as the film 28 Days Later. Yeah. These are not in the 80s, but they came but out they of that. But they came out of that, yeah. yeah. These all feature zombies that spread like and via a virus. Ugh. Notably, the two main inspirations for Train to Busan were 28 Days Later and Night of the Living Dead. Makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, we're in the aughts now, and the CDC released this disaster preparedness media centering around zombie apocalypse, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I can put it in my show notes. It was kind of, I remember when they released it, they were like, this is how you prepare for a zombie apocalypse, like laugh now, but whatever. There was like this whole like very Orwell type like zombie. Oh God. So over the course of this decade, doomsday prepping for zombie apocalypse becomes like fetishized into this, quote, survivalist fantasy. Yeah. We can see that in the character of Daryl from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he stockpiled weapons uh, and was a rough around the edges loner. He's far from the only defend what's yours and damn the rest survivor in zombie media. Yeah. A character like Daryl reflects the conservative values of focusing on the family unit or self and disregarding the good of the collective. This trend rolls the end of the aughts and into the 2010s, and it's very insular. Yeah. We have our group of survivors and all outsiders are dangerous. This also dovetails with fears of increasing immigration. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) So if we want a rough summary of literally the past century of the fears and tensions that zombies reflected in American film, we first have the fear of empowered black folks and voodoo, atomic fallout, communism, space, mass contagion, immigration, and globalization, and then each other. Fear of each other. Fear of what we can do to each other. And unknown depths to which we'll sink when we are in uncharted waters. So this is all obviously from a U.S. perspective on cultural anxiety. Yeah. So after getting like a general idea of the course of the genre here, I started trying to find the history of zombie films in South Korea. Yeah. As I mentioned, the director was actually inspired by and influenced by two major zombie films from the U.S. Yeah. And a lot of articles point out that there actually isn't a folklore foundation of zombies in South Korea Mm. or many successful or known zombie films from that country until... Train to Busan. This was their first breakout zombie film. Really? Mm -hmm. All right. So it kickstarted the genre in South Korea. And since Train to Busan, we saw the standalone sequel, Peninsula, Mm -hmm. the period zombie drama, Kingdom, the zombie thriller adaptation, Hashtag Alive, and All of Us Are Dead, a coming-of-age meets zombie apocalypse TV series. Yeah. I think I... What was the one before that? Hashtag... Oh, sorry. Hashtag Alive. That one I believe I've seen. Yeah. I think so. Like a video gamer who... Yes, yes. I like that one a lot. I haven't seen it. It's good. Um, Yeah, he's just like stuck in his little home. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's almost like he's able to survive. I don't know. It's good. It's a good one. Okay. Um... Oh, is that is that nerd corner? Not all of it. Oh, still going. oh boy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So basically, that's what Train to Busan kicked off. Yeah. But what did it do to kick off this whole field, and why was it so impactful? Yeah. Let us see. 
So the movie starts off with a successful fund manager becoming more and more disconnected from his family because of his pursuit of career success. In right. Life. We have a poignant scene showing the distance between him and his daughter and his ex-wife. And it's scene setting, but important scene setting. Yeah. He's fitting that capitalist ideal of a working class or a working father, ruthless and focused on his career. From the start, we see that it's not working, though. He's living the life capitalism says one should, but he's not there for his family. Right. So when shit starts going south, he tells his daughter that she should look out only for herself. And mm-hmm. then we have the buff guy on the train with his bluntness and wisdom <sighs> saying, that's bullshit, don't listen to your dad, he's selfish. Over the course of the movie, the, the prevailing heroes are the working class couple who understand solidarity and community, as well as the man on the train is presumed to be homeless and in shock. Mm-hmm. He selflessly sacrifices himself to save the pregnant woman and Suan, and mm. the buff guy gives everything he has, including his life humanity, to save everyone in the train behind him, as he tries to hold the door closed long enough for everyone else to get to a safer location. I'm going cry. And who are our villains? Well, the father obviously is not in our good graces at first, but the character we're drawn to detest from the beginning is the rich man, the CEO of the Stallion Express. Sucks. From the beginning, he's judgmental, entitled, classist, ableist. He does not improve from there. Nope. He refuses to do anything to compromise his own safety and leads the other passengers to reject the father's survival group. He survives until the last stage of the movie. Which is so infuriating. Infuriating by repeatedly, literally throwing other people into the path of zombies. It's like throwing someone to the wolves, but he literally, he literally threw does. them in front oh, of zombies so that he could get him. away. He is the embodiment of selfish disregard. I have goosebumps with how much I hate him. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like, ah! So he is the embodiment of selfish disregard for the good and collective, for the good of the collective, and he's so focused on status, wealth, and power. Zombies are the imminent threat, but the most terrifying moment is when the CEO uses the fear of the group of desperate and shocked people to condemn a smaller, more marginalized group. So this reflects the broader zombie trends, fear of the other, but also taps into the tensions within South Korean society. Yeah. I do not have a comprehensive history lesson of inequality and class in South Korea. Right. But I do want to bring in some figures to give a bit of context. Mm -hmm. And firstly, income inequality is worse in the U.S. than it is in South Korea. Yeah. This is not going to be a moment where it's like, oh, we're not the worst. No, we... we don't the, worry. Don't number worry. one. Yeah. Number one. We we're, know. Yeah. So this is a moment where it's like, hey, other people also have some class inequality, but I'm not saying that South Korea is by any means worse. No. <laughs> Uh, so there's this measure of income inequality or inequality called the Gini coefficient, G-I-N-I. It's a number between zero and one. The lower the number, the better. Mm. It's not a perfect measure by any means. And there are a lot of factors that like complicate it. Yeah. Regardless, this is not economist corner. <laughs> I just want to say there are numbers backing up my statement yeah. and sources of my notes, but those aren't my focus here. So uh, the Gini coefficient for the United States is higher than it is for Korea by like right. 0.1, which is significant. Uh, so like anything between like four and five is like definitely very unequal and then like above that is just like what the fuck dude oh my god and south korea is like around 0.3 and so like it's a full tenth lower than the u.s so closer to right yeah yeah so while income inequality in south korea is not worse than a lot of the other nations that we would like compare sorry my throat spasmed like then we would compare on our chart there is a growing consciousness of and focus on disparities due to rapidly increasing housing prices Mm -hmm. in a quote stagnating economy i pulled some of this information from an article covering parasite 
I was just about to be like, have you seen Parasite? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know much about the economy or like culture in right. South Korea, but I know Parasite was like supposedly like this searing indictment or just examination just, of, yeah. yeah. And I love Parasite. Like I saw it's it. It's very good. Yeah. I actually saw it in black and white. Yeah. It was uh-huh. really good. It's uh, very good. I liked it. So I pulled some of this from an article covering Parasite and the focus on class inequality in South Korea. And polls from the last few years are also showing an increasing doubt and hopelessness surrounding the potential of upward social mobility. Yeah. So social mo- upward social mobility is like being born into like a lower class than you end up in. So it's like if I was born into a working class, mm-hmm. upward social mobility would be me becoming middle class. Right. Or upper class. What the fuck are they called? I don't even remember. Rich Rich, rich bitches. People. Rich bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's upward social mobility. That's upward, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the U.S., the social ladder is very, uh, what's the, it's very narrow. Like, we do not have good upward social mobility. The right. American dream is dead, whatever. It's stagnant. It's stagnant. <laughs> so, these are all very topical themes. We take a society that is acutely aware of class divisions and inequality, and we plop an apocalypse in the middle of it. Yeah. What happens? Who survives? How do they survive? Are class stratifications entrenched or dissolved? What do people do, and how is that informed by their economic station? And that's what Train to Busan keeps asking us. Ah! <laughs> I can't. How did I not guess that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was so much there was here. There's a lot going on. There's I it's... because there was like a video essay that someone mm-hmm. did on meaningful character death, mm-hmm. and like how you take an apocalypse movie and yeah. you don't just make it like this, like countless people died where you actually develop characters and so like oh yeah my could have gone that direction there are so many different ways this could have gone it's so good that was good though i'm excited for deeper dives into zombie history which that'll be great i I didn't realize that this is our first like real zombie yeah like i literally like pulled up our spreadsheet of like our schedule and i went through and i was like this is not a zombie this is not a zombie this is not a zombie to like double check weird because i i don't know why i just was like yeah i'm sure we have yeah maybe it's because we game so much about zombies we do a lot of the games that we play together are like zombie games so like we've done zombie stuff and i'm like i guess i haven't Uh, i'm really excited now to talk about horror because (gasps) this movie is so scary but also just i'm not gonna not gonna let it go i'm gonna keep bringing up how sad it is i mean you have to (laughs) forever and ever Mm -hmm. um but i I did take my notes Mm -hmm. um this one was hard because I obviously subtitles. So yeah. I tried to take as like many as I could by like paying attention. And um, I couldn't do like my voice text because mm-hmm. I've got a roommate. So I was trying to like be nice. Um, so I had to type. It's honestly worse. <laughs> I can't spell anything. Um, I did say at the very beginning, I like that they have a, a deer become a zombie mm-hmm. first because that's mm. relatively unusual to have animals in zombie things i yeah, feel like unless it's about like spillover but yeah spillover is usually about contagion non-zombie movies yes like about ebola like diseases yeah so in terms of like spillover it's usually not zombie apocalypse from animals to humans like that's it's, not usual it's not it's not very i don't know yeah it's not common i think to have your zombie virus like transferred to animals because as we see in like games a lot of times animals are fine if you play The Last of Us, there's horses, there's chickens, there's like animals mm. are fine, I think, unless I'm wrong and I'm missing a part. But um, yeah, yeah, like, uh, what was it? Walking Dead? There mm. aren't, I could be wrong about this, but I read a thing about it where in the comic books, at least, um, 
there are no horses or animal like zombies because the guy who drew the comics was like, I couldn't really draw horses. And so he was like, I couldn't really draw like what so he's like, I didn't want to make it worse by also making them zombies. So he was like, so I just wasn't confident in that. Incredible. And then that carried over to the show because they were like, well, it's not in the comics. So there's just no zombie animals. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. There's a zombie book called Feed. Oh, yeah. And it's, I thought it was a cool book, but um, in it, it's like, society is existing with zombies Mm -hmm. but not in the way of like zombies or zombies too it's very much like this is a threat that exists and so like we have all of these measures and so it's kind of about like living in a world where the zombie apocalypse happened yeah and they have survived but Mm -hmm. one of the things is a restriction on large mammals because they are vectors of the disease and so it's like any animal that is like larger than a cat or maybe even a cat, like, yeah. could become a zombified version Ugh, of that animal. Spooky. And there's, like, a scene with horses getting... Oh, God. Yeah, uh-uh. it's fucked. See, that's... Animals being zombies scares me so mm-hmm. much because I think it it takes down your, like, chances of survival so much lower. Oh, Because yeah. what are you going to eat? You know? Like, it, it, that hunting is out of the question now. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, God. And even though that doesn't come up, like, it was just this... It was a really cool way to introduce the zombie like threat without it being kind of a cliche moment with because they could have easily done it with the person who gets on the train yeah but it was cool to be like oh no <laughs> it was like an end of innocence with a deer which yeah is, and you know it, a, a water deer as oh. we as we know now um so i thought that was just really cool i i did also say the main character the dad he's hot he's hot as hell <laughs> i i the my my first note was god damn he's hot (laughs) my second note is he's so hot Uh i was like okay listen i don't love that he is this you know super rich out of touch guy don't get me wrong but in my head i was like i could change him (laughs) and then buff guy does his like seat kick moment where he like holds himself up on the backs of the chairs and then he like kicks a zombie i was like i need to pause i I have to take a little break i was like you really are gonna have these two men team up right now and you're going to have them be so great. No, absolutely. The scariest part of this movie is that I don't get the kiss either of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and also my third note, the kid was insanely cute. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Suwon. Suwon. She is so cute. She does a great job of yeah. like, she's a great actress, this yeah. little girl, but she does a great job of kind of looking sad throughout the movie, but also just a bit indifferent. Not when before the zombies. Like when yeah. the zombies come, she does a great job of being a kid who is scared. Yeah. But in the beginning, you can tell she just doesn't kind of want to be there. She's really just like, I need to get through this train ride. Yeah. <sighs> so to watch her go from like that to just terrified and needing somebody, but also kind of knowing that like it's not her dad that's going to be the one to help yeah. her at first. They really, their relationship is incredible throughout this yeah. movie. But watching it go from like, I'm indifferent. I hate my dad. I'm indifferent to my dad. I need somebody, but it can't be my dad because he's selfish. Yeah. And then learning, like, I need him. Yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and where it's like, the part <sighs> that broke me was the recital where you think that she just got stage fright or forgot no. the words. She but was, was because she was for looking for him. And when she didn't see him, she couldn't finish the song because she practiced for him. And so it's like, she loves her dad <sighs> so much. She loves and her just dad. Broken hearted. Yeah. By his absence so, like, and his inattention. That makes it even harder, like, yeah. to watch her be so angry at him in the beginning. Mm-hmm. is because, like, he did that. So it's just, they establish relationships in this movie so early on. It's incredible. Yeah. I wrote it down. But, like, 
not only do you get their relationship established, but you get this great moment at the bathroom with, I keep calling him Buff Dude. I know he has a name. Oh, I wrote it down, but I'm then I forgot call it. Him Buff Dude. <laughs> I also wrote it down. I called him Green Suit Guy, actually. Or not Green he Suit. He has a really good scarf. He does have a great scarf. Um, oh, God. I was just, I was just so sad. Throughout this whole, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, boy, I really had a rough Song-wa. go, didn't I? Hmm? Songwa. Songwa. So there's a great moment with him at the bathroom door. And this is like, before stuff has really hit the fans, stuff's not good. But like, it hasn't quite happened yet. And you can tell he is just so into his wife. And it's incredible. He's just like, the little girl goes to open. He's like, do you need, really need to be in this bathroom? Like, someone's peeing for two in there. <laughs> it's so cute. And. Yeah. You can just feel the love between him and his wife so much and how much he would protect her with, like, everything he has, even though nothing has gone wrong yet. Yeah. Like, I think they established that with uh, the little girl's name again. Suwon. Suwon reaching for the door and him grabbing her. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a child. And he was still ready to be like, don't. What do you need? Like, <laughs> don't go in is there. This emergency? <laughs> right? And I, I love it. And you could tell she's just kind of like, oh, shit. <laughs> so you got their their relationship established very early on. But then you have the sisters with the egg, and that's established so early on. Do you want to know my series of thoughts around the sisters? Yeah, what? Hold on, let me pull up my notes. I loved them. <laughs> um, because I couldn't tell uh, if they were sisters or closet lesbians. Me neither at and first. <laughs> so what I first have is, oh, are they lovers? Are they? Will history remember them as friends? Are they, you know. And then I was just like, I love those lesbians. And I then love those lesbians. A page letter. Maybe they're sisters. Ugh. History won't remember them as friends. History won't remember them as friends. History then, will remember them yeah. as sisters. And then like literally a page letter. Okay, so history will remember them as sisters. <laughs> it's true. It's literally in my notes. <laughs> it, it took, I had seen it, so I knew they were sisters. I knew you had seen it too. Yeah. But like I had seen it and I had remembered very specifically their scene. So I was like, these are sisters. But in my head I was like, they could easily be lesbians. Yeah. I couldn't, like I, I couldn't. Remember, I remember the broad strokes. Like, I remembered who died. Right. But I, like, had a spot in my memory that the sisters were just not there. <laughs> like, There's always right. a spot in my memory that yeah. wants to be filled with yeah. lesbians. But yeah. sisters took over. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they, their relationship is established early on as well, whether lesbians or sisters. But either way, you, you get the overwhelming sense that not only do they care about each other, but they do everything together. Yeah. With the egg. And she's peeling the egg so carefully for her sister. And she's like eat this and she's like no 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 I don't that's so stupid and she's like please there's just so much love between them even though it's kind of like oh stop it stop it it and then you see like as soon as they're separated and they don't know if the other person's okay they both literally catatonic just that's it and (sighs) I could go on and on about the relationships because I think that makes this movie I've talked about it before I think the relationships that you establish between your characters can make your movie so much scarier and Mm -hmm. it does because then it gives you a reason to be worried. Like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are some zombie movies, I feel like, where if people die, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. We expected that. Because yeah. you, yeah, because like there's no deep, deep connection with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just easy to do, especially when like you need to get your zombie attack going from the yeah. very beginning. You got to do it quick. And they did. They they did. I think having it on a train makes it so great because everybody's going to be interacting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have like your train, like rituals, like with the egg. Like, of course, they're on a train ride. You would prepare a snack for somebody. It's it's such a good opportunity to show love and to show anger and to show yeah. annoyance. Like, And they <sighs> could have like 
I can just picture an American version because I think they talked they're, about like an American they're remake. An American. I'm really picturing the American version being like, I sure love my sister. And it's like, oh, you like literally bullshit. Just like my, my, my wife is in there and she has a child. I like, would do anything for my wife as you will see. I am strong. <laughs> like, okay, great. Because they were just like such nuanced, beautiful, <sighs> heartfelt depictions so of relationships much. where it's not said outright. Like no. you get that development over time through acts. Oh, the way that they established the relationship between, and I, I'm so bad with names, but the, the baseball player and the girl. Yes. That. Um, Yongguk and Jinhee. Okay. So Jinhee and Yongguk, mm-hmm. their relationship is incredible because it is this classic, like, she clearly has a crush on him. Yeah. And that is not obvious because she comes out and she's like, I have a crush on you. It is this, like, all the boys are like, come on. Accept her. Accept her. Do it. And he's just like, well, stop it. So they establish such a good relationship of her being this, like, I know what I want. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? And he's very shy. And oh, my God, it was great because then their roles switch. He becomes this strong, like, I have to fight for this. And she is very, like, I am very scared, mm-hmm. as one would be. And it's, like, it's such a very fast, quick reversal of these roles. And ugh, I just can't stop groaning and being upset with how good it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when stuff is so good, you just don't know what to do. Yep. You know how, like, when a cat's too cute and you just want to I was literally it? about to say the cute <laughs> aggression. It's, like, cute aggression. Yeah, because our brains can't handle cute things. Yeah. My brain also can't handle a movie that's good. Because I'm, like, I get Fuck! <laughs> Like you're making me feel everything. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Let me get back to my notes before I I lose my mind. God. Um, I also did at this point, um, uh, having to be quiet in a horror film. A horror mm. film. I don't know why I went horror film. <laughs> having to be quiet in a horror film is also very stressful. So there are a lot of moments in this where it, that's most of the movie is yeah. being quiet is the most important yeah. part of it. And just... Oh, that's so cool. Because, like, I mean, that happens in so many horror films. But with this one, it felt... I don't know. There was something about this one that felt even better. I think they used it super well. Yeah. They (sighs) used, like... I'll mention it again at some point. But, Mm -hmm. like, the slow-mo, there was a moment where the train, uh, the flaming train... Yes. Barrels into the other train. And you see the train flipping in slow motion. And you see the zombies inside just... Yes! But then after, you Mm -hmm. do have just silence because their ears are ringing. And, like, silence used effectively is just something that always gets me. We've talked about it so many times. It's really good. It's really good. This movie has so few – I feel like it doesn't have that many lines. Like, the dialogue is very far between. Like, Mm -hmm. it'll be, like, lots of dialogue and then, like, silence. Yeah. And it's, it makes you, it makes attention so much higher because then you feel like you have to be quiet because you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin this for them. Like, mm-hmm. God, I, I would say one of my scariest moments, it's not my scariest moment, so I'm not, I don't feel bad ruining it for you. But um, when he steps on the can, it's heartbreaking and that terrifying my, yeah. because like they've done, this is like a really crucial moment where the dad has learned like to stop being selfish. Like he goes back, he helps this man who he doesn't need to. And also there's this huge class divide between them. So it's this moment of like, it doesn't matter. I'm just here to help somebody. Yeah. He goes to help them and they've done everything. They're doing really well. And then he goes to run and there's that, it's almost comical the way he steps on it. And yeah. then it's not like their faces are just like, oh. yes, he looks devastated. Yeah. And he just is like, run. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm glad that he makes it out in that moment though. Yeah. I'm glad that that's not the moment you lose him. Like the, the, does he have a name? Do we know like, 
he is a, presumably like a homeless man that is in shock through a situation that he experienced before the train. Let me see. I just was curious if he had a name that they use in the movie or if he is like... No. Okay. On IMDb, he is listed as homeless man. Okay. I kind of assumed. I didn't think he did. But yeah. but yeah, so he was a great character because he... I feel like he doesn't hinder anybody necessarily, but he also doesn't help a ton. Not because he can't or doesn't want to. But he's in shock. But he's in he's shock. Seen some shit. <laughs> so watching him help in the end, you're like, he yeah. did it. Oh, Okay, I'm getting off, just off the rails. Off the rails. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's for you, Kate. Air noises. Air horn noises. <laughs> um, the businessman pissed me off almost, almost immediately with the way he takes the, the walkie-talkie and thinks he can just demand whatever he wants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Incredible to have a character like that. Where the, the conductor's doing everything he can. Yeah. doesn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, he does not have to keep doing this, but he's doing it because he's a very good person. Yeah. And this businessman's like, no, you do what I say. And I'm like, oh, I hate this guy. I love how the conductor is like, I'm not going to be swayed into leaving people behind yeah. if I can keep helping people. Right. He's a, it was a very, very He's good, honorable. very good people within this movie. And yeah. really bad ones. Um, I also loved, I haven't, don't think I've talked about this in any movie yet, but the fight choreography <laughs> is very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the zombies are incredible. The way they move is terrifying. Um, but the way that they fight them too, like the zombies don't necessarily fight back. They just keep coming and that's what's so scary. Yeah. But it's just great with the bats and like the way that uh, Lusuke, is what I call him, buff boy, punches yeah. them and like, it's just really good, really well done. It I, looks very real. I already said the moment where he like kicks. Oh my God. Oh. It's all of it with the, like, they just all did such a good job and of making it not lad. look overdone. Yeah. Yeah. He can be on our baseball bat squad. Oh my God. He can totally be yeah. on our bat squad. Whenever we yeah. play uh, Left 4 Dead 2, for everyone that doesn't know, Kate and I game, okay? We're gamers. <laughs> gamers. <laughs> um, so we play a lot of zombie games. And specifically, whenever we're stressed, we play Left 4 Dead 2 because it's just fun to run around. Mm-hmm. Whenever we get a baseball bat, we baseball make bat, sure baseball bat. <laughs> everyone gets a baseball bat. Yeah. We call it the bat crew. Like... Well, because it's the best weapon. So I when there were baseball bats, I was like, they get it. Yep. <laughs> they understand what the best weapon is. In my notes, I was just like, bat squad! <laughs> Never the pitchfork. <laughs> it's awful. The pitchfork um, sucks. But yeah, I think the fight choreography was great. I we don't I don't think we've done a, a ton of movies that have like real fighting in it. Yeah. I can't think of one that sticks out necessarily. Yeah, we haven't like hewed toward the action yeah like this is a very action heavy horror movie for us i feel like because a lot have been more sinister or more like eerie Mm -hmm. not always but but it's fine (laughs) (laughs) i was like you ass god i said it and i was like (laughs) i was like i have a choice here (laughs) i took it you should have taken it that was good God, but but we don't usually lean towards a very action heavy movie, and this was this was a fun one to do because mm. it's really good, really well done. It doesn't look overdone, Mm-mm. but it also looks cool. Like I know that if a situation occurred like this, the fighting probably wouldn't actually be this great, but it is cool that they were like, hell yeah, we're gonna make this guy do some sick stunts. <laughs> it's yeah. great. And I one of my favorite moments is when he just shoves a book in oh the mouth my God. of a zombie. Just, I was like, ugh. oh yeah, that's effective because they're it not works. like clawing no. they're not like intelligently attacking you they're just trying to eat like that they're, is their sole goal very similar to the conversation it's where it's like yeah. if they can't hear you or if they can't like figure out where you are they're just that's it they're just done like they yeah. don't know what to do i loved that in this i love that as mm. soon as they figure out like when it's dark 
they just they just stop moving completely. And that's freaky to me. Terrifying as Because it shows how fast they are ready to go. Like they do it a bunch of times in this where like the light will hit and they'll turn around and immediately start chasing them. Or if they hear something, it's game on. Yeah. And that's terrifying to know that like they're fast, but also like they can wait. They're fine. They'll chill. They'll hang out. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of ballsy moves. They got slow motion. They've got a lot of silence. Amazing fight scenes, but it shouldn't all work so well, but it does. (laughs) It just does. So much of it works so incredibly well. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything like specific? Because like, I don't have specific notes for like lighting as much as Mm -hmm. just the lighting shifts were really great. You've got like warm lighting when, you know, obviously they're not in like a tunnel and then it shifts to this really dark blue ominous light Mm. when they're in the tunnels. And that's just great. I mean, it just keeps this eerie thing and somehow you're scared of both. Yeah. It's for different reasons. Like, it's just great. I like, I'm going through my notes to see and I do have like a few moments where I have like something that might be interesting to say and then I do just have some moments that we'll get to. Uh, but one of my favorite moments, like one of my least favorite, favorite moments, you know, right, yeah. where it's like, I hate that this is happening, but the yeah. way it's shot is incredible when, um, the father's group of survivors gets into the train car yeah, and the businessman is like, he's a zombie, he's a zombie. And he is trying to convince the rest of his group of survivors, like yeah. throw them out, throw them out. And you like, it's silent because he's like waiting for someone to defend him. Right. And then just a voice from the crowd basically says like kick him out and the oh, camera overcorrects and like jolts around like it's trying to it see doesn't know who, who said it it's looking for who said it and it feels so much like in that moment the camera is the viewer right and it's not just like the mode of transmission of like seeing this but it's like it's also looking for who said it right. and like it captures that confusion and desperation yeah so beautifully it's that part's incredible because it also just shows this moment of like betrayal of like you don't know who said it. You can't blame anybody, but you're just, just pure confusion, yeah. sadness. God, it is so good. Um, um, they do overhead shots in this very well as well. Mm. I, I said the overhead shot when they're climbing in the luggage area is yeah. so good. When they're running at the train station yep. and you slowly see the crowd That's of zombies it. That's growing. That's my one of my last notes. Um, yeah, the shot of the dad and daughter being chased from above is so wild because it's so well-framed because the gaps are just slowly filling in and you're like, this is so bad. Because at first you're like, okay, 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 it's not so bad. And then it's just, oh God, there's so many. Oh, that's such a beautiful shot. Like we have a very similar one in 30 Days of Night where it's yeah. watching like the carnage and like basically what happened similarly, except this one has action involved yeah. where like, there is one thing happening and it is them being chased. Yeah. But yet they still fill in the gaps so well. Like it's well framed, even though it is just this one thing you're focusing on. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just loved it so much. Another like really chilling moment was when you see the horde of zombies grabbing on to the back of the train. Yes. And so some of the articles I read, people are like, oh, the zombies are working together. And I was like, no, they're just opportunistically piling to try to get to food. Like they're not cohesive. You can literally tell the way that they're reaching and the way that he can easily kick some of them away. They're not helping that one stay on there. No, they're just like, cool, my turn. You're gone, I'm up. They said, oh, I see you created a ladder out of your own bodies. Let me climb toward it. And so like watching that- (sighs) was chilling and mm-hmm. scary and like you're like is this gonna slow down the train like how many zombies does it take to screw the light bulb <laughs> literally <laughs> <laughs> how many zombies does it take to kill this beautiful father <laughs> to stop a train don't do it <laughs> don't kill the hot dad 
don't kill the hot dad, please. Please. Uh, oh, God. And then I'm just like this collection of moments that like really got me. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple moment, but it's when the pregnant woman and Suan are walking into the tunnel. Like <gasps> they're about to walk into the tunnel. Uh, they see bodies on fire around mm-hmm. them and they're like very quiet and walking and they don't know what's going on and they're shocked, like in shock and they're scared. And then something twitches mm-hmm. near them and like a zombie twitches at them, but it is very much like impaled on something right. or stuck and it can't get to them. And they both jump and it's like such a small, it's move, very small, but like their nerves are frayed. It, like it, it <laughs> they, shows, oh God. they're absolutely fried. Like. It's one of those moments where it's like everything has happened and you're still just trying to catch up and you're almost numb to it, but then something happens that mm-hmm. gives you that jolt and it right. just, man, that got me. They, oh God, that moment is, it's heartbreaking <sighs> as well. I can't get over how, how sad it is too. I try to sometimes make myself feel better by thinking about like, if this was a like dark comedy, mm-hmm. then in that moment, the pregnant woman in Suan would have been killed at the last moment by something very dumb and very sudden and pointless. Yeah. They survive all these like exceptional scenes with like thousands of zombies and then they like trip and fall on to like right. one that can't even, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if I have anything else very specific. One of my favorite lines in the movie mm. is um, the really tacky ringtone. That buff guy has. I love that movie. And he's just so like, much. what's wrong with it? What do you, what? And then yeah. he goes, well, how do you change it? Yeah. Like, he knows yeah. it's bad, yeah. but for a second he tries to defend himself and being like, well, what's wrong with it? And then he's I like, but also, it. how do you change it? Like, like, wait, you can change it? <laughs> yeah. There's this moment of just like, yeah, I know, but also I don't like it. Like, I, just, that moment cracked me up. And that, so that hard. and those tiny moments yeah. are so good because it just makes you love them even more. And he's like, asshole. Like, he exactly. Just he's like, come on, asshole. Yeah. Because he is. Like, yeah. he has an asshole. He yeah. locks him out. And it's like, deep down, you know he's doing this to help himself and his daughter. I get that. But it's like, God, I was a pregnant woman. And you were just like, oh, bye. Mm. God, he's a lot of growth. It's yeah. hard to do. It's hard to make you love a character so fast in yeah. a movie. But he really does. He turns around like immediately. Like once they get to like the the train station and he's like, we're going this way. Like, don't worry. We're going to go over here. And everything goes to shit. And I'm like, no, you're not. If you had just trusted these people, like both sides ended up being absolutely awful. They both ran into things that were very bad. They both ran into a horde of militarized zombies. Yeah. So so no matter what, which way they would have gone, they would have been fucked. But just the fact that like he was like, we're different. We can go somewhere else. Yeah. Also shows that class divide. Like, yeah. he thinks, I'm better. I don't need to be with them. And, and I'm not going to help anyone else I'm not going to help anyone else. he was, like, bartering for his own safety. Yes. But he can't invite anyone else right. in that. Otherwise, it might spoil it. it. It's just, they did such a good job of showing that. And then showing him become, like, I can, I got to help. I got to, oh, my God. Yeah. It's just, I can't get over it. The I, We're going to post them on the website. All the photos oh, yeah. of me crying. They're so funny. It started out like, oh, this is sad. And then ended with like, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I am not okay. But I think that's why. That's why it's so effective is because the characters are the main part of this. Mm-hmm. The zombies are good. But like you said in the beginning, they're like set pieces. Yeah. They're scary. The way they move is very terrifying. Yeah. And sometimes they're used to make things scary. Yeah. They're not the scariest part. No. That businessman is. <laughs> like, the scare, like the thing that is scary in this movie is what we do to each other. Exactly. And, like, what we can do to each other and when we choose not to do the awful things that we could do. <sighs> like, it's not my scariest moment again, but it is one that was, like, up there was the sisters where, where she does lose her sister. And, again, 
weeping at this point is when she's saying like, why'd you have to do that? You know, you always had to be so help helpful. You always had to put yourself above others. And she's like, why'd you have to do it? And she's mad at her, but she also knows that there's no reason for her to live without her sister. So she opens the door, which obviously kills everybody else in that passenger car. But in her head, it was like, I don't know. She didn't know anybody else was there in her mind because she was like, it's just me and my sister in this moment. I want to be dead just like she is. Yeah. And she killed everybody else. And it's terrifying. It's dark as shit. And you can't, you do not see everybody die, but you see. You see the blood splashes. The blood splashes. The silhouettes of the arms. The screaming is so loud. And it's like, that wasn't caused by anybody like wanting to betray anybody. It was just simply one person who was like, I can't cope with this kind of grief. Yeah. (laughs) There were so many. Yeah, there were just so many different kinds of, like, betrayal yeah. without it always being blatant betrayal. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, there have been, like, a few of the articles I read talk about that moment in, like, different ways. Mm-hmm. And one of them was, like, I don't read it exactly this way, but I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. like, taking a look at it that way. Yeah. Where they were, like, she waited until the good people, the ones that had helped her sister, were out of the train car. And oh, then yeah. she was, like, now I can kill everyone. Where, right. like, I don't think it was, like, as intentional as that, but she so. was very much, like, the people in this car are the cause of my sister's death. They right. don't matter to me. Right. And also, she is solely focused on yeah. her sister and the utter pointlessness of her life, her perceived pointlessness of right. her life about her. I think that 100% plays into it. Yeah. Whether or not it's purposeful, because yeah. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think that it does play into it. Like, the people that helped her sister are not there. Yeah. So she feels like she can make this risky call because she's like, well... They didn't help her anyway. Yeah. I think, yeah, I really think it is just her opening the door and I may be trying her best to get through before they can get in. But, like, obviously that's not going to happen. Yeah. There's so many of them. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, ugh. And then you just think back to the egg. And I'm like, the egg. <laughs> Do you want a just, palate cleanser? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this, going back to, like, theater in mm-hmm. high school, we were taught of, like, um, how to create characters by walking mm-hmm. and like you know all those warm ups and stuff right well one of the things we were taught is like what's your lead in mm-hmm. terms of like do you lead with your chest do you lead with your oh, nose yeah. your forehead did that. your hips and like you create like different types of character yeah. movement and like personalities by like what you lead with zombies leave with their mouths <laughs> like that's just ah. it they're just like fun <laughs> they really do they're like hungry and they like, hippos ah. about it you know <laughs> Sometimes I do that. I get it. Sorry, it happens. I was just feeling a lot of things about the egg. And oh, I was like, egg. I need to ruin this. <laughs> God. I mean, for the most part, I mean, that's most of my notes. It's just that it's it's good. And I think that so much of it comes from the characters being so well-developed. And mm-hmm. uh, without that, it wouldn't be the same movie. Oh, no. And that's one of the reasons I don't think we should do a remake of it. No. Or like I, a U.S. version. It's not needed. We should just uh, get over ourselves and appreciate foreign language films. Just appreciate them. Don't remake them. We don't yeah. need to. <laughs> and I don't know, like, because I watch subtitles because I yeah. can see. Like, that's a thing that I enjoy in movies. And, right. like, I can watch foreign language films. I'm sure there's a dubbed version. So it's like... Right. Like I'm, I'm sure there are accessible ways of watching right. foreign language films is what I'm getting at. I also... You know me. Like, I struggle. I have dyslexia and ADHD. Yeah. I watched it just fine with subtitles. Yeah. Just fine. A, a great movie. Yeah. Like, just fucking buckle down. Watch it. Yeah. I understand it's not always accessible. I understand that. But, like, there's probably a dub version. Stop remaking these. Yeah. Because I know the remake is supposed to be, like, Last Train to New York or something. And I was like, no, I don't care. No. I don't. I don't care. No. 
you can't you can't recreate these these relationships. It's no. too they're too beautiful. Like it was just it's just gonna feel half assed, I think. Yeah. No matter what. It's always gonna be compared. Yeah. And it's not gonna be as good. No. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. because I, I think it might be James Wan that is potentially is, working yeah. on it. Don't be wrong. I love him, love his movies. Yeah. But no, like it doesn't need to be done. It doesn't need to be done. And to <sighs> me there there are universal like elements of this movie. Right. Where it's like the sacrifice versus selfishness right. and like community versus self. Like there are so many different universal lessons in mm-hmm. it. But then it also is very much like the cultural context of the film does impact it. It does. And I think that unless we're willing to look that critically at ourselves and that honestly at ourselves, like, which I they, don't really have which faith they in us. won't. So just don't do it, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, not a fan of American remakes of no. anything. No, I'm not. So the, those are most of my thoughts. Yeah. I Whenever a movie's really good, I struggle to find specific things because yeah. I'm like, the whole thing's just good. The whole thing's just good. <laughs> just really good. As um, my way, I didn't notice that the light other than there was some at some times and there was not light at other times. See, with this one, I also kind of struggled to find very specific lighting, but I did love, like I said, just the change from dark to light, dark to light Mm -hmm. so consistently, but it's not jarring. Like, it's it's weird. You, like, wish for the dark, but then at the same time, you're like, oh, but I can't see and I'm scared. Like, (laughs) the moment when he's in the bathroom and he's just, like, the lighting in that scene was very, like, clinical. Yes. Like, the way that, like, fluorescent uh lights are. Mm. I know. Does that mean, are you ready for scariest moment? Yes. Cool. I've got mine as well. Okay. So do you want to go? Sure. All right. If you're ready. Yeah. My okay. scariest moment, I mentioned it previously, Okay. is when um, the survivors turn on the other group of survivors. Yeah. Because you're seeing that moment where it's like it could tip either way. And then, of course, it tips <sighs> like the worst side of humanity is uncovered instead of like the generous like right. caretaking side it's like no we are going to choose to be selfish and fear-mongering in this moment oh, God. and like the tension of will we make the right choice right and then watch it shift into no we will not no we will not <laughs> sorry no that part is so scary yeah that's a good one. Oh, um mine is with uh the businessman the yeah. shitty businessman um when he's in the bathroom with the con- not conductor but the one uh the, the attendant. attendant yeah and they've been kind of like stuck together for a bit, sort of helping each other kind of begrudgingly at this point. And then he says like, okay, is the coast clear? But before he says that, you watch the businessman look out the door and see a zombie right next to the fucking door. Yeah. And he, it's the way he answers him that terrifies me. He goes, is the coast clear? And the businessman looks at him for like kind of longer than you anticipate. And he just nods his head and goes, yeah. You go first. And then he gets attacked immediately yeah. and he just runs. In, and it's just like it's that blooded. calculating. Yeah. It's absolutely horrifying. Like, oh my God. There are so many moments with him being shitty that were going to be my scariest moment. But then I saw that one and I was like, that mm. one was so heartless. The one with the girl. Mm. That one is disgusting. Yeah. Which I'll talk about it now. But it's the one with the girl and um the, the baseball player yeah. and the girl that he likes. I'm going to remember names someday in Jimmy my life. and Youngsook. Yes, that's. I think that's it. Youngguk. Youngguk. Okay, so when they are trying to open the door, they are very close to making it to the other side of the train. That's all they need. And he runs in to push them out of the way. He literally pull, like grabs her by the arms and throws her behind him, literally into the arms of like a zombie. Yep. And it is heartbreaking yeah. because she gets bit. She's so sad. And y'all... 
Yongguk. Yongguk is saying, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. He did nothing wrong, but he's just saying sorry to her. And then he gets bit by her. And then there's that like perverted romanticism mm-hmm. where like he's Fair. holding her as she's yep. turning to a zombie. And then the way that she like lunges at him. Like, it's so scary. If you squint, it looks like they could be lovers, but yep. it's it's her killing him. She's literally biting and his neck. Him being like, and okay, he's, yeah. And you could just hear his cries. Yeah. And he just... It's it was a contender. It was a contender for scariest moment because the way he throws her is so careless. Don't yeah. give a fuck about you. And then that's it. Two of my favorite characters were dead right there. Yeah. But the one with that guy was just so upsetting because he just looks him right in his eyes and just goes, yep. Yeah. <sighs> heartless. Yep. It was having to see his heartlessness like, yeah. like drawn out. Oh, fuck that. There's a moment where like, the father's group of survivors is trying to convince the businessman's group to mm-hmm. let them in and you just see Suan crying and like all the chaos happening around and Suan's just, just and, it's, and it's quiet and it's like silent looks at her uh-huh. and he watches her cry and he's like yeah I don't care he watches her cry for a while and, and you it's... think you think this will be his redemption point no, no there is none even uh, until his last fucking dying breath when he's just like I, I am I'm a zombie and I'm like yeah dude you fucking asshole so that's mine. Oh, it's so scary. This movie's so good. <laughs> and I'm ready for tropes, but I'm, I'm nervous. Okay, so the tropes, I have kind of a range. I'm going okay. through now. Um, there are a few just really funny ones. Oh, okay. I was worried there were going to be some that were just like really sad. And I'd be like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I can handle it. I'm going to save the saddest one for last, but it's good, not good. like exactly Oh, you know I love sad. that. Let's yeah, do yeah. this. <laughs> okay, so batter up mm-hmm. is one of the funny ones because it's using a bat as a weapon. Love it. Yeah. Um, it's very much like the axe to grind where an axe is a weapon. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, big guy fatality syndrome. It's where the buff guy has to die the early on. has to. Because just... he's too strong. He lasts pretty long, though. He does last pretty long oh, considering God. how like selfless he is he's so good uh bloody handprint the movie (laughs) yes yes because just constantly just constant (laughs) (laughs) it's everywhere on the train everywhere um let's see disconnected by death when uh mother the father yes he's on the phone with his mother and she's turning (gasps) into a zombie oh no that one's so sad oh my god and it's also funny because her last name is that bitch (laughs) because she's complaining about her oh my god you're right (laughs) Uh, but like the phone line goes dead because she hung up because right. she's a zombie. Because she zombies that. can't work phones. <laughs> no. Uh, this one is my favorite ever. Oh God, I love it's it. It's not my favorite example of this trope. It is one of my favorite tropes, and it's my favorite trope in this movie. Yeah. The ground was lava. My favorite example of this trope is from Tremors. I've, I've not seen Tremors that much, but I know the premise of Tremors, yeah. and I'm like, it's true. Yep. So it's when they have to crawl across the luggage tracks because the floor all like, is zombies. <laughs> the floor is zombies. It's true. And he's like tossing stuff and they're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> the floor was indeed lava. Oh, goddamn. Let's see. Uh, we have the dark reprise. This is where it gets into sadder territory where, you know, near the beginning you see her song Aloha Oi. How dare they? Yeah. And she's weeping and i'm like don't you and then we have some good good bait and switch yeah it's a very like it's a classic hover staple Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and there are a lot of them, especially in the beginning. Because yeah. one of the great things about setting horror on a train is that there's this uniformity. So it's really easy to bait and switch. You're opening a door, but which door? All the doors right. look the same. Oh, and yeah. so they're like, someone odd got on the train, which is classic. Yeah, they did that And you think twice. it's going to be the young girl that is being zombified currently, but right. instead it's, it's the man who has just seen man, people yeah. die. Uh, so a lot of really good bait and switch in this movie. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah. And then, blatant lies. Uh, so this was a scene that's just fucking chilling. It's when shit has hit the fan and yeah. people are on the train and they're in kind of safe areas right. because they're waiting to get to Dungeon, I think. Yes. Uh, yes, 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 yes. There's like somewhere they're going first. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they're in cars and they have power and television mm-hmm. and they're watching the news. Oh, God. And, yeah. And... Uh, the voiceover of the news is like, we have no reason to believe that citizen safety may be compromised at oh this moment. God. And every single thing you're seeing is exactly literally that. that. Like, and then there's a moment where like, it's just this kid like doing a skateboard trick. And then you see helicopters and you're like, Oh, like, are they going to go put out the fire? And then you see things falling. It's like, are they bombing it? And then you realize they're dropping zombies from the helicopter. Oh. And that to me, I was like, <laughs> I was like, because mm, my brain immediately is like, you could have a whole horror movie about what Just led what to that van, zombie being dropped that? from that helicopter. Like, what happened in that what helicopter? Happened. What's going on up there? What's Baby, good. There? <laughs> Baby, you good? <laughs> you haven't even touching your oh. Pennywise platter. <laughs> you haven't even touched your Pennywise platter. <laughs> Our fiftieth episode of making you a Pennywise platter. Oh my god, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, God. And so I don't, as I mentioned previously, I don't know much about, mm-hmm. like, the political context when this movie came out in South right. Korea. But as someone from the U.S., I'm very familiar watching lies on TV. Lies! And I'm like, oh, yes, I am familiar with the lying. Uh, yes. <laughs> Especially after Trump. So it's like, <sighs> yeah. Uh, so it's fucking chilling to see yeah. something so obviously untrue being played out in right. front of you. And it's like that juxtaposition of the words versus the vision. It's dark. It's dark. <laughs> uh, and then, let's see, we have our central theme, mm-hmm. which goes through everything. It's about, like, apathy, social hierarchy, right. self-interest, those sorts of things. And then my last trope. <sighs> the saddest one. I'm ready. Beware the living. Yeah. Yes. So, according to TV tropes, it's like a zombie apocalypse story where the humans are the real monsters right. and a bigger threat to each other than the zombies. It reminds me in Left 4 Dead when we play, you can read the graffiti in the game Left 4 Dead and one of them says, we are the real monsters and then underneath someone wrote, no, that's the, the zombies, zombies, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. What's this? Don't trust the living! Yeah. So, uh, it was my birthday gift from one of my friends. Oh, it's so cute! A while back, but it's, it's a um, pin, everybody. I'm holding a really beautiful yeah. pin. It's an enamel pin that's Beetlejuice, and uh-huh. it says "Don't trust the living." It's like a little mirror. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So to me, it's like this moment where it's like the undead are the biggest immediate threat to your safety, mm-hmm. but the biggest like danger overall is your fellow human. <sighs> like else. the continued threat. Yeah. Like Where it's like, <sighs> if you work together, a lot of you can survive this. Mm-hmm. But we know from being, like, consumers of zombie media right. that it becomes very, like, sect-driven. It yes. becomes very uh, individualistic. And it's chilling because there are so many moments 
where everyone could have been fine so if someone many. hadn't been selfish. Usually the businessman. I hate that guy. Yep. God. Yeah. Those are tropes. Those are tropes. Oh, those are good. Thank you. Um, something you said, I can't remember what it was, but it reminded me of a shot that was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And it's when the very beginning when shit is hitting the fan mm-hmm. and one of the attendants is sitting on the ground. I believe she has been bit or is like hurt or something. Mm-hmm. And she's centered and they're looking down the hallway at her and a zombie just like launches into the frame and just lands behind her so fast and just gets up and eats her. It happened so quick and the zombie was launched so like it didn't look human, Mm-mm. which they're, it, they at that point they don't really seem human, but like it's this humanoid figure flying through the air at a, at a pace and height that it shouldn't be and then it immediately gets up and starts mm. biting this woman that shot <sighs> terrified me mm. i think what reminded me is like the the zombies being like set pieces i was like that is the one moment they are truly not that oh, zombie yeah. scared the shit out of me because like the very first moment like when the zombie apocalypse is starting yes like when they begin multiplying it's very much like you see a person attacked by a zombie but then it becomes a horde and yeah. then it becomes less about like the individual threat of zombies. Yeah. And it becomes more about like, how do we navigate these zombies? Well, hopefully if we work together, we navigate. So <laughs> and they don't. I'm not saying zombies aren't villains. I'm saying they're not the antagonist. God. So yeah, it's. I can't with this movie. It's so good. And then we'll talk about. I hold hands. And then she goes, aren't you scared? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. It's just. Oh my god. Watching. I need to look up her name. Jiang Kyung, the pregnant woman. Yes. Watching her try to be strong for Suwon. Because, like, she has just watched her world come apart in so many different ways. Like, her partner died. Everything's going to shit around her. She is very pregnant. She knows that, like... She's like, there is this child. This child is depending on me. Yeah. I'd say one of the saddest lines in the whole thing, too, is when... Buff boy, my my man, my buff guy oh, says baby. like the baby's name. You got it, and like just reassures her like it's okay. You got it. You got it. you got it. <laughs> and I'm like, stop it. <laughs> and don't even get me started on the dad with the music. And he sees him holding her for the first time, and I'm like, oh, you're just gonna just launch off. And that was a slow motion moment that I was mm. like, that's how you do slow motion when he falls off the train, just yep. so slow, and, and the music just- is playing, and I'm like. Cool, that's such a good movie. And it like tosses you to the shadow instead of having this like graphic. Nikki is crying. (laughs) I'm genuinely crying. I'm starting to. I'm trying to pull it together. (laughs) This is one fun thing you'll learn about me. I cry all the time. It's not hard. It's just so sad. (laughs) Not cutting this out, but I'm ashamed. That part gets me. <laughs> and it's really good. Oh, fuck. Do you want to rate this movie? How? Tears. I was going to say, it's either shit fans or just like tears we cried. <laughs> tears we cried. <laughs> it has to be tears we cried. Is it from the movie? Technically, no. no. Is it from Rent? Might be. Might be. And did I cry a lot? <laughs> we'll post the photos. I'm crying more right now. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Half of it's laughing and half of it's <laughs> genuine sadness. I my, can't. My right eye has been crying mostly this whole there time. You go. But now I'm actually crying, crying. I can't. Oh, fuck. It fucks me up, man. 
how many tears did you cry? Five. <laughs> five. Five out of five tears that I cried. Yeah. For this movie. Uh, genuinely, it is, it is so good. I mean, not only does it look cool, but it makes you feel something. Um, but also, they use slow-mo really well. Yeah. And they used a lot of things that we talk about being like, well, it's a gamble. They used all of them so well. They yeah. tied everything together beautifully. I... I knew when we covered this, I was going to give it a five. Yeah. Like already. When we were like, oh, we're doing Train to Plan. I was like, yeah. oh, it's a five. Yeah. And I watched it again. And I was like, I wish I could give it more than five. Yeah. I This Ugh. movie has some of my least favorite things. And mm-hmm. it does them so masterfully yeah. that I love it. Exactly. And it's like, you made me cry. That is usually just like straight I know. I know. Like, for Kate, this is like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, I, I love this movie. Voluntarily it's, watch it repeatedly. It's just beautiful. Oh, good movie. Five Great tears movie. that we cried. Five. Perfect 10 tears that we cry. Yes. It's very good. Don't you cry <laughs> with us. Oh, God. What'd you say? I was crying. <laughs> I was inviting them to cry with us. Oh, good. I was like, anybody else? Come on in. You know that uh, meme where it's like listening to a podcast and it's like yeah. the person eating ice cream, <laughs> but instead it's us crying. Us crying. Instead of crying next to <laughs> Send us a photo of you crying, guys. We'll go ahead and put it on that yeah. social. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, and cry. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. I can't I, cry alone. So there's uh, this thing from high school mm-hmm. that, like, I grew up in, obviously, a very conservative yeah. rural town. And I just remember the, like, casual homophobia that was oh, constant. God. And it was, yeah. dude, you're gay. <laughs> and so I always say it in my head to myself, being a queer woman. I'm like, dude, you're gay. Uh, dude, you're gay. And then I'm like... <laughs> But I am gay. But I am gay. <laughs> but I am. So it's like, cry with us or you're gay. Shit, what happens if I do it, if I don't do it? If I do it, does it cancel out? Does it make me not gay? Sounds like you have to cry oh about it. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. I will. So we'll postpone oh, the crying a little bit. Does that wrap up the discussion? It does. It does. Okay. No more crying. Well, we'll see. <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of Train to Busan. If you enjoyed your time with us, tears and all, we would greatly appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes. That's the one where it helps people find us the most, mm-hmm. but you can rate and review on other apps as well, yeah. like Podcast Addict, Spotify, etc. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It, and usually every Wednesday, I except know. when I forget. You didn't forget this time. You did it, and I forgot. I forgot this week, too. I posted oh, it yesterday. We're both criminals. <laughs> yeah, we're criminals. <laughs> uh, so every Wednesday or Thursday sometimes. Well, sometimes. We'll post the movie for the week. And we'll say where you can watch it. That's what I forgot. I forgot to say where you can watch it. But luckily, uh, Kate didn't forget that part. No, I got it. So. Shudder. We're on it. Bam. Day late, but not a dollar no, short. But not a dollar short. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justschoolwithitpod.com. And just, they are like two weeks behind in terms of just updating Mind the episodes. <laughs> But it's fine. <laughs> Get there. It's a lot of work, everybody. I didn't spend hours adding links to photos only to have that not work. I didn't do that. I was here. That. She did it. <laughs> I was here. Anyway, we figured it out. But we got it. Everything's we figured it. out. The website's beautiful. Kate does a great job. Thank you. You can also take a look at our Patreon at yeah. patreon.com slash just go with it. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. We love them very much. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, and Janice. Woo! Oh, thanks, Patron. I'm trying to keep my dance small. Yeah. For I was like, don't. I do a dance. dance that really distracts Kate. I wish someday when we film these, because that's the yeah. goal, is to eventually I'm film these recordings. Yeah. Everyone can just watch me do the tiniest dance. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I have to do it or yeah. else it, it didn't happen, you know? Oh, I get it. <sighs> the yeah. Join the Patreon. Sorry. Go ahead. 
<laughs> I just I wanted to make sure they knew how excited I was, uh-huh. not just with the dance, but with my words. I get it. Thanks. So the intro and outro music yeah. was created by Anthony Rockazella, and the cover art is by our interrupter, Nikki Sullivan. <laughs> I was going to say this whiny bit, but then you, <laughs> it, you insulted me for me. Thank you. So, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> our interrupter. <laughs> Our very own Nikki Sullivan. He's very talented. Little whiny bitch. <laughs> Want to go cry again? God, it's crying time, right? It's crying time. Let's just end it with Aloha Oi. Do you think they'll like that? Aloha Oi. We're really embarrassed. Yeah. Um, we said the word ghouls earlier, mm-hmm. and we said, like, oh, like, just go with it. Yeah. And we forgot to say the one thing that we always say. The ghouls? <laughs> from the title? <laughs> Thank God we got that done. Yeah, we got it, though. Woo!